I'm telling everybody within the sound of my voice. You've got some great afflictions is trouble. Trouble's coming your way. Because I'm sowing the word. Trouble, persecutions are coming. Because I'm sowing the word. You're hearing the word. It's coming. But guess what? That's a wonderful thing. Because it's an opportunity for great victory. It's an opportunity. If, you know, I've used this illustration so many times. If somebody came to you, any one of you, come to you and say, listen, Cindy, I'm going to tell you how you can have $10 million Wednesday morning. That's exciting. Ryan, how'd you like to have somebody come to you? $10 million, you get it Sunday morning, Wednesday morning. Then you say, well, what do I have to do? All you have to do is get in the, the ring with our champion. Oh, then that's when your heart drops. But we need to be wise and say, what does a champion look like? I want to see him. And you see the champion, and he's only this tall? Oh, I'm excited about this. Put my hand, just tie my hands behind my back. Hit me as many times as you like. And then when you're done, you're under my feet in Jesus' name. And we, greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. And see, here's what the devil, as I study the Bible, the Bible plainly says that Satan has been put to naught. When Jesus died on the cross, Satan was put to naught. That means he has no power. But here, how did he get so much power? Because people give it to him. They give it to him. See, the, the word of God is the power of God, and Satan will take it, and he'll pervert it to destroy us. That's just like if somebody comes into your house 2 o'clock in the morning, somebody breaks in your door, and... They look at you, and they say, give me that gun you've got. And you say, I don't have no gun. But if you do have one, and he can talk you out of it, and then he can shoot you with it. Something that was meant to protect you, he steals it and kills you with it. And that's what the, de the devil is useless. He has no power, but we have the power of God, and the devil will take it from us with doubt and unbelief and everything else and pervert it to destroy us, to steal our birthright. And so it's persecutions and afflictions. When they come, know that they're coming. But rest assured, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. And just because the fact that it doesn't seem like you have victory immediately, you've got a victory immediately in the realm of the Spirit. And because it's a reality in the spirit, it will take place in the natural. Then let's go on. See, the word has been sown. And then verse 19, it says, because the word has sown, the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches and the lust of, ever, of other things entering in choke the word. In the Greek, it's the destroys. If a demon can get a hold of you, if somebody can get a hold of you and put their hands around your throat, and choke you, you're going to die, right? And so the devil, demon spirits, they want to choke the power of God out of your life. They want to kill the power of God. And see, riches is coming. Great riches is coming. And see, with the riches, it says, the cares of this world. The deceitfulness of riches and the lust of, everything, of other things. And so these things 
will choke the word of God out of our life. The cares of this world. And, you know, and God wants us to be a caring people, but don't let the cares dampen the word of God. You know, just, just like Esau. You know, he had a care. He wanted some food. Well, you know, you don't have to have it right now. You know, you, you can wait an hour. You're not going to die. But when the devil pressures us that you've got to have it and you've got to have it now, you don't want it. The devil tries to give us opportunities and says the lust of the flesh. When great riches come, there's things that happen that uh, there's lustful things of the flesh that, and here's how immediately that you can, you know, God wants us to have wonderful things. Like I said, the Bible says, if you delight yourself in the Lord, he'll give you the desires of your heart. So God wants us to have some wonderful things, but it's, it's when we delight ourselves in the desire, that's when we've crossed over and we've sold our birthright out for a bowl of soup. For something that will give you pleasure. The Bible says there's pleasures in sin. There's pleasure in sin. That's the reason people sin. I've never run onto anybody yet that sins for somebody else. So, well, you know, I, I, I'm going to go commit adultery, but I'm, I'm not doing it for me. I'm doing it for my neighbor. How stupid is that? You know, I'm going to go rob this bank, or I'm going to steal. I'm, I'm not doing it for me. I'm going to give it all to somebody else. That's a lie. And see, so there's pleasure in sin. However, the pleasure is so shortly lived. It's so shortly lived. And the pleasure, if you want to put it in proper perspective, it might be 1%, but you've got 99% of detriment. You sold your birthright. Sold your birthright. It chokes the word. Now, I want to show you right in this passage of Scripture how that you can have all the promises of God working for you, and you can have them to be a natural reality and a spiritual reality if you'll know this truth. Right in this passage, in verse 13, And he said unto them, No, in the King James it says no, but in the original language, it says, just imagine. This, in the King James, it says proverb. The original language, it says divine truth. Know this divine truth. And you will have, King James, the original language, experience all the divine truths. Know this truth, and you can experience all the divine truths promises of God in the Bible. You know, the things of God are simple. The, the truth is simple, but we've got to not let the flesh rule us. And sometimes that's difficult because the flesh, especially if you've been training your flesh one way for so long that it takes time to reprogram your flesh and say, we're not doing this because this is contrary to the word of God. If you'll know this truth, you'll know all truths. Know this truth. This is what Jesus said. You can experience all the divine promises of God. 
What is the truth that we need to experience, that we need to know? Satan comes immediately to steal the word. <laughs> Satan comes immediately to steal the word. And you, you, if you'll know this truth, you can experience all the grand finale things of God on this world, in this world as well as the world to come. Psalm 23, the Bible says, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Want is co-equally rendered as desire. If we let the Lord fully be our desire, we'll be in a position to where that we won't want anything. And the reason is, it's not just a spiritual truth, but it's a natural truth also. The reason why is the Lord is our shepherd. He supplies all of our needs according to his riches and glory. In the Greek, even desires. God wants us to have the desires of our heart. God wants us to be blessed so that we can be a blessing. So know this truth, and you'll know all truth. Know this, that opportunities are coming from the devil to try to get us to compromise with the word of God. Like I said, it's, it's okay to have good things. God wants us to have good things, but if we, the only way we can have it is we have to disrespect God's word, then our birthright have been stolen, then we're no longer a partaker of his divine nature because we've sold our birthright. Now, good news, if we've made a mistake, anybody ever make a mistake, they give in to... Everybody, please raise your hand. Please, please. We don't have to have an altar call. If we make a mistake, the Bible, and I, and I, I could teach on that for an hour, but God, the Bible, he told Peter, you know, Peter was all excited. Lord, he says, I've forgiven this guy seven times. Can't you give me a ribbon for that or an award? What did Jesus say? Peter, not seven times, but 70. That's 490 times as I study the Bible. That's God gives you 490 times per sin per day. There's not a human being on this earth that has ever lived has that much energy to commit that sin 490 times. And, and if you say, say you've got 10 of them that you, you commit, each one of them 490 times per day. And the only reason God's given us that number is because he wants you to know, I'm the God of the impossible. And we can relate to numbers, but God is really telling us in 1 John 1, 9, as many times as you make a mistake, God forgives and God cleanses. Yes. And that word cleanses, he makes us holy just as he is holy. So if we've made a mistake and we sold our birthright out for something so stupid as a bowl of soup that we got pleasure for 15 minutes, maybe 10 minutes, and then we have the detriment the rest of our life, then all we have to do is say, hey, God, I, I want a new start. And God says, as many times as you want a new beginning, I'll give it to you. That's our God. Look here. In the book of Ephesians and chapter 4 and verse 17. And I want to show you how that here the Bible talks about it in another way of how that Satan comes to steal uh, 
what happens when we give in to Satan that 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 4, the Bible says that Satan blinds the eyes of those that believe not. And so that, that is not just in reference to people that are non-Christians, but sometimes Christians say, well, I don't really believe that, I'm a part that I have divinity. And so then that gives Satan rights to blind you. And, and, and Sharon, it doesn't make any difference. If you're at Walmart tomorrow morning at 11 o'clock and you see somebody in a wheelchair, well, you, you have the same anointing that's on Jesus. It, not just in church, but we have it 24-7. But the devil will come and say, well, Sharon, remember you got in an argument with Carnell a couple weeks ago and, and he'll try to remind us He'll try to steal with lies. And if we, all we've done is immediately confess, it's, it's over God. And in fact, if you ask God the second time, he has no idea what you're talking about because God is supernatural. When he forgives, he forgets. It's, he has no idea. He has no idea what you're talking about. And so if we make a mistake, we can start over and renew our birthright. And our birthright, we're partakers of his divine nature. Look here in Ephesians 4 and verse 17. 17. This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord, that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles. That word Gentiles in the Greek, that it's rendered those that are pagan, heathen, those that do not worship the one true God. That's exactly verbatim what it says in the original language. So those that don't believe in God. It says don't walk as people that don't believe in God in the vanity of their mind. The vanity. In the, in the Greek it says excess of belief in their ability. Don't be like the heathen that don't believe in God. Because what happens to them in verse 18, they, they're having their understanding darkened and they're being alienated from the life of God. That word life in the Greek is zoe. That, that's rendered, oh, at least a hundred times in the New Testament, that original language for life. See, Jesus said, I come to give you life and to give it to you more abundantly. That word life is zoe. In the Greek, it's rendered life the way that God has it. See, we're children of God. And so immediately, immediately, when we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, that we are partakers of his divine nature, but if our understanding is darkened, and who darkens our understanding? The devil, 2 Corinthians 4, 4, that he comes and Satan blinds the eyes of those that believe not. Believe God's word. Believe God's word more than you believe anything else, more than your sensibilities. Believe God's word. I, I don't know how many times, you know, I'm, I'm thinking I was in a, some other country one time and I, I prayed for this person. The lady was totally blind. I prayed for her and she couldn't see any better. Not even a, a, a nothing better. But you know what? I believe God more than I believe her, more than I believe doctors. I thank God for doctors. I'm not being disrespectful to her or the doctors or anybody else, but I believe God. 
And I would not refuse, I, I, I refuse to draw back on my faith. In my heart, the anointing of God went into her eyes. In my heart, the Bible says that we can have whatsoever we desire when we pray, that she has perfect sight. So we, she got home, and I'm sitting with the pastor. We're going out to lunch, and he got this phone call hysterically, and the lady called and says, I see perfectly. And so you're alienated from the life of God because of the darkness, because Satan blinds the eyes of those that believe not, continue to believe God. It says, alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart. So when we don't, when we have disrespect to our birthright, it gives Satan the opportunity to blind our eyes, to alienate us from the life of God. You've got it now. The Bible says he's coming for a glorious church. There is a people that will believe God's word more than they believe anything else. And he's coming for that glorious church. He's coming for that glorious church. And that's my job, to teach you to be just like Jesus. To be just like Jesus. Not that we would be lifted up, but that he'd be glorified and people would be blessed. If you'll study the Bible, and I've got a book written, if we neglect the ministry of signs and wonders, we neglect the rapture. And you'll see that God says, I have ordained my people to be a people with signs and wonders to bring in the masses into the kingdom of God. Even Jesus said, the only reason why those crowds, he said, the only reason you follow me is because of the signs and wonders. And then he performed the signs and wonders, and then they believed. People don't read their Bibles, but they're led by sensibilities. And so we take them from the senses realm into the realm of God. There used to years ago that, you know, the Lord put on my heart to hold crusades. And I put a, a hold on that for the last probably, I don't know, maybe six, seven, eight years. But when I first started going and doing um, I said, we're going to do miracle services. And I'd do it different places. And uh, I found out in the United States, because I didn't have a big name, that people wouldn't come. But you don't, you don't have to have a big name in third world countries. You just put up signs that, that uh, miracles will take place, bring the blinded eyes, deaf ears, and people will come. Uh, they'll come. And I found out that when I would just preach a sermon and then just say, okay, now I'm going to pray for people, that we'd have very small crowds, even in third world countries. We'd have maybe two or three hundred. That's a lot better than in the United States. But you know what? When I started doing what Jesus said, he says, the word of God is not with just excellency of speech, but with demonstration and power. And I started bringing people on the platform and acting like God's word is truth, I didn't feel anything, but I believed God's word. And miracles started happening 
we went from two to 300. In one service, we'd had as many as 30 to 35,000 people because people seen the miracles. Miracles is the dinner bell to the gospel. And because of bringing people on the platform, people that was very, and I'd, I'd always want to bring people on the platform that was noticeable. You know, anybody can say, well, I've got a heart problem. But when you bring people on the platform and their body is totally rearranged and, and totally deformed, and they see that body come un, unglued, they, they see a recreation of, of, of somebody's face, I'm telling you what, that's what I would do. I can remember in India that, that and we would have bigger crowds, but I didn't have any more money. I spent all I, all I had. In fact, I borrowed $25,000 to do those crusades, and I didn't even have 25000 I just used my credit card. Because I said, I was determined I want God to be glorified and God to be blessed. And so we'd bring two or three different people, maybe about, uh, no, I guess about 10 of them, and I'd tell our ushers, I said, bring in the worst cases that can be seen. And they'd bring people on the platform, and they'd see, I can remember one little, this was in, I think it's in Hubli, India, in 1990. And she was born deformed. She was about 15, 16 years of age. She was totally blind, totally deaf, and couldn't walk. She was all crippled up, all paralyzed. They had to carry her up. And when the people seen that little girl's body become rearranged and she could hear perfectly, speak perfectly, see perfectly, then I told the crowd, I says, I want to tell you something. There's a greater miracle than this and all of you can have it. How many wants this greater miracle? I said, raise your hand. I couldn't even, now we had lights. I couldn't see any hands down. It was like they was all straight up. And in India, and I don't know if it's still that way, but back then, they had 35,000 gods that they worshiped. They even, they had cow manure gods that they worshiped the cow manure. They had 35, but you know, none of their gods could heal a mosquito with a headache. And I said, but I want you to know that I serve a God that is a God that's more than enough. And when they seen this, then I said, then I told them, I said, how many wants that miracle? God can give a greater miracle than this, but they could see it. See, you've heard that little cliche, a picture speaks a thousand words. And so sometimes we just need to demonstrate God's power. Then I went in detail. It only took me five minutes. I said, that greater miracle is to accept my God that is greater than all the other gods in existence. He sent his son Jesus to this world, and his son died and rose from the dead. And if you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you can have a greater miracle than this in this world, and you get to spend eternity in heaven. How long did that take me? A minute and 30 seconds? And I said, now how many wants that greater miracle? Raise your hand. All of them raised both hands. We had 30, 35,000 Hindus and Muslims accept Jesus as Lord because of the greater miracles. And guess what? I'm no different than you. 
Mark in chapter 16, verse 17, the Bible says, And these signs shall follow them that believe. As soon as Jesus is the Lord of your life, you qualify. 